Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Should the Big 12 be concerned about becoming a one-bid league in the 2024 college football playoff rankings? the 2024 college football playoff, the 12-team playoff, and beyond. That's coming up on today's Big 12 Watch. I am your host, Josh Neighbors. This is the Big 12 Watch on Crystal Ball College Football. We are part of the 365 Sports Network. You all can find us wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube as well. If you all find us in those podcast locations, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, please give us five stars. And also, if you find us on YouTube, uh, please like the video and subscribe to the channel. Guys, we just crossed 12,500 uh, subs. So 13K is the next goal. Let's go. We cover Big 12, conference realignment. Uh, we do gambling. We do interviews, all that kind of stuff, five plus days a week. And you all you might say, Josh, you sure you do it all? Just watch the show. Just listen to the show. Watch the show. We cover it all. All right. That is what we do on this channel. Um, so there's a few things I want to touch on today. We got a weekend full of basketball. We have a first big 12 bowl game, Texas tech plays Cal and, um, uh, transfer portal stuff happening. Uh, Kansas state's got a weird situation. I'll talk with John Kurtz probably next week. That is a really strange situation. The point where people are talking about Tim Fitzgerald talking about potentially Jerome Tang moving on. And so there's a lot to tackle there. Let's kind of give it the weekend, see what we can do and then talk about next week. But I want to talk about this idea about the Big 12 and the college football playoff and then being a one-bid league. I think this conversation for a lot of us began when we had the SEC schedule release on Wednesday night. So the schedule gets released for the 2024 Southeastern Conference football schedule, and ESPN elects to do a two-hour special where in no other conference, they don't do this in any other conference, right? Uh, where they release the schedule for all the teams and the games and they break down the matchups and they're talking to coaches much like the national football league does. Um, and it led to a conversation in some places. I think it's, it's going to be about the sport as a whole, but also about the specifics of, of the CFP. So let's talk, let's talk big picture first. So, I am listening, uh, I was listening a little bit earlier today, actually, to a podcast called The Watch at The Ringer. 
uh, it's a TV podcast. And they basically made the point that like, we don't love where TV is headed because of the fact that these companies now are just chasing shareholder value and stock numbers. And actually some of these companies that are making TV shows, i.e. Disney are also, you know, in, in the college football business. And they are chasing, obviously, that everybody wants to be successful. But to what end? You know, and, and their point was the TV Mount Rushmore that's generally agreed upon is The Wire, Breaking Bad, The Sopranos. And then, you know, Mad Men, I think for a lot of folks is up there, whatever show. I mean, I think the single best season of television is True Detective uh, first season. But like, whatever, your mileage might vary. And generally speaking, those shows, save True Detective, did not cast these massive stars. They kind of rolled into the stars and they kind of, um, the shows made the stars, the roles made the stars. It all kind of worked together. And uh, it's what made it so great. You know, the phenomenon that was Aaron Paul as Jesse and Breaking Bad, uh, you know, all the supporting characters and Sopranos that just make you laugh and smile and cry and feel all those things. Like that is what college football is, right? And now, you see this in television. They're spending a lot of money. They're casting. They want to cast big actors. You know, like prestige TV shows are just as big as, um, you know, as just as big as as movies are at this point. You know, Loki, things like that, like all those the Disney Plus shows, the Star Wars shows, all that stuff. You know, Pedro Pascal being, uh, you know, is the Mandalorian, right? Like he's a big time actor. And they have all of these people, you know, Paul Bettany and whatever, just kind of down the line here. Um and so you think about that, like, is that where we want to be? Or do we want to be more creative and think about like what, what makes our sport great? What makes our television great? Right. And that's kind of the issue that I see about all of this is that this is chasing shareholder value. We're chasing money. And that's across the entire sport. That's conferences, that's teams, but like, that's like the society. I mean, guys, the show succession, you know, Brian Cox is a, is a Titan obviously and play acting, whatever too. But that show has developed a bunch of stars. Like everybody in that show has been developed into a star. It's kind of the last bastion of developing these recognizable faces on a TV show. And I feel like we're getting away from that. And that that show is all about kind of corporate America and greed and all those things. Like that is what the television networks want. They want Bama and Clemson and Georgia and Florida. They do not want TCU. They want Oregon and Ohio State and Michigan, uh, Florida State. That's what they want. You know, the big the big problem for ESPN is, hey, why we let Florida State go? We've got them on a great deal. They're a big deal for us, and we've got them on a great one. But hey, if it's Alabama or a week in Florida State, we're making a TV product here, and that's what we have to do, right? And so I think this kind of overall, like, our entertainment as a whole is screwed, I think, in a lot of ways. I mean, we are just chasing dollars. We're not chasing good football. We're not chasing natural matchups. We're not chasing good TV anymore. I don't mean to be like, hey, society's screwed, whatever. But like the same way that some of these smaller companies that made TV shows and stuff are just get gobbled up by Hulu and by Disney. And, you know, they they gobble up things like HBO, which felt like big before. And that's that gets gobbled up. These conferences get gobbled up, right? The Big 12 used to be something. Well, it's not what it used to be. Texas and Oklahoma are gone. They have to gobble up the AAC in return. And the, the Big 12 kind of helps gobble up the Pac-12, right? And we're kind of in this consolidation era where everything is headed in one direction. Everything is bottlenecking one way. And so, you know, I think about the way that the ESPN has propped the SEC up. And I understand why. It's a massive ratings juggernaut, right? But that extends then to when you have the college football playoff folks, 
when there's an emphasis from the TV networks, and that's ultimately what this is, on putting on these games, right? I go to the conversation that we had, uh, that Dennis Dodd said that was had about Florida State. The idea that, hey, we just didn't think they could win a championship, right? We ignored their credentials. We ignored what, you know, ignored what they accomplished. They considered it, but like ultimately it was ignored in favor of Alabama. It's obviously his massive brand. And they could justify putting in Bama. And so they did because like, you know what? I don't really care about earning it. I mean, it might just give us a better game. We can do Michigan against now here's the thing in my opinion it should have been michigan one washington two fsu three texas four so they still could have had michigan versus texas in the rose bowl um still you know but they're hoping obviously for michigan texas in the championship or alabama texas that's that's kind of the tv hope um but you know like they they're like you know what we have this great game and we can say hey we're not too sure about this tate rodemaker florida state they probably can't win this damn thing and so, in my opinion, that's the way they went about it, and that's, that's why uh, you know they made the choice they did. And that's concerning to me on several levels, because I think about this: we are going to a five plus seven, right? Five conference champions, seven at large bids. But when you think about every single year, and look, folks, each year is different. The CFP race every single year is going to be defined by what teams are in. This year, there was a big debate. But if you go to last season. Right. I mean, there was not much conversation about the top four. Georgia, TCU, Michigan, Ohio State was kind of the consensus top four. You could put Alabama uh, in there. I, you know, they, they made the case for it, but um, I did not think that Alabama uh, should have been in there last season. I thought they got it right putting Ohio State in. Um, but once again, like, I don't think the results of the games justify that kind of stuff. I don't, in my opinion, at least. Uh, I think it's like, hey, you're, we judge you on up to that point. Like, Florida State, Georgia will not change my thought about the season, right? 2021, they got it right too. Bama, Michigan, Georgia, Cincinnati. Those were all the correct teams to be in. And there've been debates in other years. Obviously the COVID year was a strange one. We had five and Ohio state against seven and one A&M, right? We had Notre Dame with 10 games. We had Ohio state with five. And so that, that kind of all got pushed together and made it really strange and odd. Um, so let's kind of throw that year, that, that year out, but Hey, there was debate back in, uh, you know, there's debate in my opinion, at least back, in the 2019 year, Ohio State won, LSU two, yeah. Uh, you know, Clemson was number three um, in the week, six, week 16 of this one, you know, heading into that final week. And then you had, uh, obviously, in the end, Georgia loses the championship game, so they have to be left out of there. And, you know, then there was there was not much debate in the end of the day. So, like, this gets defined. But the problem is, is that that conversation we had about Florida State and what matters, that will get pushed to now further down the line, Right. And the conversation I heard happening on the cover three podcast was how many wins does an SEC team need to make the CFP? They have to go nine and three, they have to go 10 and two. And to me, guys, it should be, it shouldn't be that kind of talk. It shouldn't be like, Hey, what does an SEC team have to do? Right? Because you have years like this where the SEC was down. The SEC did not have a great season. I love my alma mater, Missouri, but I thought Missouri was the third best team in the league this year. And, if everybody's working at peak efficiency or nearly peak efficiency, that shouldn't be the case, right? I mean, Georgia was good, but they were relatively untested and played some close games this year. The defense was not what it was. Alabama obviously lost on neutral. They're a good team, but they lost a neutral field to, to Texas. You know, we know that they are neutral at home to Texas, right? Uh, you know, Missouri's next one. Ole Miss, like those teams weren't excellent in massive games this year. You know, Ole Miss defense was not great at times. The Bama game, they weren't very good too. Right. So you had some results where you're just kind of shaking your head 
about, you know, how these things played out. Uh, and Missouri too, like, Hey, Missouri played a really close game with Kansas state and a really close game with Florida, despite their good wins. And they played close games. They lost to George, all that kind of stuff. So that conference wasn't that good. The guys, the big 10 wasn't that good. You know, on cover three, they were saying, Hey, we'll be four big 10 and four sec. There were not four deserving big 10 schools this season. There weren't. And I'd be interested to see what happens when you have a situation like this, like Oregon might be a top 12 team, but guys, do we think Oregon deserves to play for a championship after losing two games to Washington? One, obviously on the road, very close. And the other one close too and neutral, but you've lost another team in the field and you've done it twice. So are we going to reward that? Because like, if that's the caliber of team we want, Washington, because they've won every game, um, do we want a kind of team that's lost twice to, to those high-level schools? Like the SEC, sure, your 10 and 2s will be made up of you know, you, you got a big school right here, but you lost another one here. Yeah, there will be some of that. But Oregon's two biggest games this year, they lost. Make no make no mistake about that, right? They lost their two biggest games this season. So it's hard, you know, it, I mean, they would get in, in my opinion. But it's pretty hard to justify, like, that team deserves to play for a championship. And look, it's that's down the line, too. Like, Oklahoma, that Texas win's great, and that carries them a long way. We saw them play against Oklahoma State and against Kansas. It's not a championship-level team. It's just not. It's not. LSU is right there at 13. Do they deserve to play for a championship? And they got Jaden Daniels, but their defense was terrible. Penn State, their two biggest games this season, they lost them both, right? They lost to Ohio State by eight. They lost to Michigan by nine. And hey, they're still a good team, yeah, but like what else on their resume says they deserve to be in? They will be undeserving teams. I understand that totally. I, I get that, folks. All right? Um, but in the end of the day, I think that was that's what it was, right? Penn State, yeah, this year, yeah, yeah. Um, so like that's going to happen too. But my big concern is we're going to start pitching nine and three. Or we're going to put nine and three SECs in over a ten and two or a ten and three conference champion from the Big Twelve. You know, last year's TCU team, yeah, they would have been safe in a twelve team. And I'm not saying this year's Oklahoma State team deserved to be in. They wouldn't, in my opinion. I absolutely don't think they would. What happens if a receiver is out or a Max Duggan type guy is out for a Big Twelve team or a Gary Bohannon goes out and Blake Shapen only plays one good half and there's concerns from the committee about how good they are, whatever. You know, hey, if we had a Baylor-Oklahoma State situation from a couple years ago and Oklahoma State lost the goal line, would they still get in? I think they would. I'd like to think that they do, but there's no guarantee of that because the big brands are winning. The sport is consolidating. The, the TV networks are kind of consolidating around them, Right. The TV networks are the ones calling the shots. I know Bob Thompson from Fox says that, but guys, he worked at Fox. What's he going to say? The TV networks are calling the shots. ESPN wanted Oklahoma and Texas and the SEC. That's what they wanted, uh, you know, to create all these matchups and these games and whatnot. Fox wanted Oregon and Washington, USC and UCLA. That's why the Pac-12 was no longer there. It's not because the Pac-12 outsmarted them, outfoxed them. In some ways, a little bit it is, but the big, the kill shot was... um, you know, the, the kill shot really, honestly, was what happened, uh, you know, with, with the Big Ten coming in. So that's where this sport is heading. That's where entertainment's heading. It's, it's about shareholder value. And I'll tell you what, guys, we should be concerned because this is the second most popular sport in the country. College football is. And so uh, if it's a big moneymaker, which obviously, once again, it is, and ESPN and Fox have the rights to it, like they're going to make sure they do what's best for business, I feel like, sometimes. And I'm not saying they're going to be in the room, the CFP committee, but like, I think the CFP committee is fully aware of what these companies want out of these games. They want good matchups. They want big teams. And I'm worried about not finding the most deserving, 
and whatnot and you know not taking chances on teams and like like these arguments are going to end up being uh between yeah 10 and 2 or you know 9 and 3 teams or whatever i'd be interested after the first 10 years to see if the conference is even still the same what the shakeout is Hey, how many times was an SEC team taken over a Big 12 team? Hey, how many times was an SEC team taken over an ACC, uh, an SEC team over an ACC team? Big 10, same thing too, right? The Big 10's in a great spot. The Big 10's a huge winner of this, guys, because they're adding more quality programs. I mean, they're getting, at least with Oregon and Washington, those are two awesome programs right now. Like, Oregon with Dan Landon looks really good, and Kalen DeBoer, my God, he has done a great job at Washington. Now, Lincoln Riley, we're not even sure at USC, and obviously UCLA is in a bit of a flux situation right now as things are happening there. Um, but, like, they get – I mean, they, they, the two best programs are getting – they get USC, the brand, which is great for them. But Oregon and Washington, in terms of football programs, have been better IMO, as the kids say. So I, I think, yeah, I mean, like, that's my big concern here is, like, are they going to turn this into a one-bid league? I think the champion will obviously get in, but, like, you know, Big 12 teams need to perform. We need to have teams ascend to the top, Right. Uh, last year would be a great situation, I think, to get two in. Um, you know, 2021 would be a situation where I think you see multiple teams get in, right? But 2022 would not be. You would not see Oklahoma State in. And that's okay. Like that, that, that might happen sometimes. You know, if this is a competitive league. Like the middle class of this league is so much better than the middle class of other leagues. That's why I think this league is compelling, right? But our Arizona is like with the way they've played this year, going to get a chance, right? I know Arizona at this point in time, uh, this season is in, you know, they're in 13th or 14th right now. But hey, man, if I'm picking Arizona or LSU, look like Arizona's been a different team ever since Fafita has come in. Right. That's a team that deserves some consideration for the way they've played after the quarterback got switched. Um, and, you know, like I'm not saying, hey, like I don't, don't think they get in. But like if you're talking about rankings, man, they're going to play Oklahoma. So we're going to see. But that's a team that deserves to, to be considered and deserves to kind of have a fighting chance. You know, if Louisville doesn't drop that game against Kentucky, I, I'd be curious to see where they are in this conversation. Uh, you know, them at 10 and two. So uh, let's have our eye on how ACC teams and how Big 12 teams are treated. I don't have an answer yet, but I feel like with the way things are going, it's just me kind of being, you know, skeptic and, and you know, that's kind of the way I am. Uh, I think that's the way this that this will head. All right, let's get to this weekend, though. We've got some great Big 12 competition happening. In the bowl situation, we've got Texas Tech on December 16th, which is Saturday, tomorrow, against Cal, 8.15 p.m. on ESPN in Shreve, uh, ESPN in Shreveport, Louisiana, in the Radiance Technologies Independence Bowl, Texas Tech three and a half point favorite. Jaden Ott is transferring from Cal. I just got that news. That's why these bowl games are so hard to freaking to you know bet on and and figure out what's going to happen. I mean, the first bowl game tomorrow, guys, is a game between uh, Ohio and Georgia Southern in Myrtle Beach at 10 a.m. Eastern or 10 a.m. Central. Uh, so who the heck knows with the quarterback situations there? But I'll say this for Texas Tech. Mentioned a lot. Want to keep mentioning this. Feels like momentum for them is is still there because if you look at since 2010, back-to-back -back winning seasons at Texas Tech have not occurred under the same coach. They have had consecutive winning seasons, but they have not had it with consistency with the same coach. So I think it's important they build that consistency of winning with the same coach. The recruiting is strong. We'll see how they hit the portal. Baron Morton's going to be the guy. Taj Brooks is going to return. They've got some receivers in the portal, I know. But but I think Texas Tech, because they're exciting offense. And also, too, I thought Zach Kittley got better as a play caller this year. I definitely thought Zach Kittley improved. 
So I think it's a compelling matchup. Look, Cal's a good team, man. Cal ripped off a few wins there at the end of the year to get into the bowl game. They ripped off three in a row against Wazoo, Stanford, and at UCLA, they won 33-7. So good for them making it. I like Justin Wilcox, future ACC team, obviously. Um, but I think Texas Tech should be able to win this game. And I think Texas Tech having another winning season is important because they want to ascend towards the top of the Big 12. That's where they want to be. And they want to be in that that class where K-State hangs around, right? You know, I know folks talked about them in the Big 12 championship this year. I thought that was premature. And I thought about that because like this, this program needs to learn how to win first. I think Joey McGuire can get them there. And there is continuity with the staff. And I know the quarterback situation has been tough, but they have, they have rolled players over and they've gotten some talented guys. I like Jalen Hutchings on the defensive line. He's been fantastic. And Demerson, obviously, to a holdover and some of these guys, right? And uh, what's his face? The defensive end that got drafted uh, last year. So, you know, they've got, they've got, uh, they're starting to put some players there. They just got to win consistently. And the defense is going to be a big key too. And then once again, their offensive pacing. So I'm excited to see that game, the first Big 12 bowl game. And then... We have got Big 12 hoops this weekend, potential future Big 12 matchup tonight, UConn and Gonzaga, uh, which is a huge game. And then tomorrow, LSU and Texas, uh, the Halal Guys Showcase at the Toyota Center. We have got uh, Kansas and Indiana at Assembly Hall, which should be exciting. Baylor at Michigan State. Michigan State's been a huge disappointment this year. Uh, Houston and Texas A&M. West Virginia and UMass. Dayton and Cincinnati. Great Ohio matchup. Texas Tech playing Vanderbilt. Uh, Oklahoma and Green Bay, BYU, Georgia State, and then Arizona State and TCU. So you've got some pretty exciting matchups. Nebraska's eight and two. They take on eight and two K State, which looking at that game for some other reasons, um, that takes place on Sunday. So really good Big 12 basketball slate, but guys, it's the same old, same old, same, same year, different story. Uh, the Ken Palm rankings for basketball, Houston one, uh, future Big 12 school, Arizona's at two. Uh, Purdue, UConn, Baylor's at three. BYU is at four. You know, Kansas is at 12. And then you look at the actual rankings too. Fill with Big 12 schools. It's another really strong, strong Big 12 basketball year. And I'll have my Big 12 best bets tomorrow coming out on Twitter at Josh Neighbors underscore. You guys can also find me uh, at NWPod365. All right, folks. We'll talk at you. Uh, if something big happens this weekend, we'll do a live reaction show. We'll talk at you all probably on Sunday or Monday.